What's going on, guys? So today I'm really excited because I've actually got a friend of mine, Gabby, on the uh, the podcast. And um, this is going to be kind of an interesting conversation because it's a fairly big departure from the normal podcast where we talk a lot about like research or technical heavy information. Um, this is going to be just a little bit more of like an open discussion kind of talking about male and female social dynamics. So this was kind of um, a bit of an interesting evolution. So essentially, uh, I, I did a podcast with Steffi Cohen not too long ago when we talked about women in the fitness industry, and that was a great episode. So if you guys know Steffi Cohen and you're interested, definitely go check it out. Um, Gabby ended up reaching out to me and just saying that she liked it. And we kind of had like a little bit of a back and forth. And she actually had some really great ideas about... Um, basically the episode that we're doing right now and so i wanted to invite her on and uh and and have this chat so first of all uh gabby thanks so much for jumping on i'm, I'm really pumped up to kind of have this chat thank you thank you so much for inviting me so before we get into it uh do you want to just give a little bit of an introduction about who you are and, and some of the things you're doing so people can kind of get to know you a little bit sure well, my name is Gabby. I'm from Venezuela, but I live in the United States. I am a full-time nutrition coach, and I also power lift. I have to admit, Daniel, that I was a little bit nervous of being here today because you have interviewed so many people that I look up to, like being called the Stefico and Astrid. So for you to open up your space to me for your audience is a great honor. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm glad to have you here and I appreciate you saying that. Um, so Gabby and I actually met, uh, we, we both attended the same conference a while back and just kind of stayed connected. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it ended up being pretty cool. So <clears throat> basically, I want to kind of preface the, the conversation that we're going to have. So essentially, uh, both Gabby and I basically put up a post on our stories and had a bunch of people submit questions um, kind of pertaining to male, female social dynamics, mostly related to the fitness industry. But I got quite a few that that departed from that a little bit. And so we're basically just going to go through, um, ask the questions, and then we're going to give our own perspectives. Now, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, like I am more conservative in, in my values. So that is my bias. Um, and everything that we're saying right now is just, you know, kind of off the cuff. These are our opinions. And, you know, I mean, we're basically just going to kind of highlight both the male and female perspectives, at least my perspective and, and Gabby's perspective, because um, some of these questions are really, really interesting. And I think, you know, there's a lot less division than it would appear. Like you look on social media and it looks like a lot of men and women are kind of at odds with each other. But it's very rare, at least in my opinion, where you know, you'll meet someone in real life and then you'll actually really be going head to head. A lot of the times there's a lot of middle ground, but it's usually because the medium of social media tends to make it seem like we're so polarized. And so I just kind of wanted to discuss these things to, to basically give an opportunity to have a little bit more context and nuance given to some of these questions, discussions, and different social dynamics that, that you know, we commonly run into. Um, and hopefully we have a really interesting conversation. So Gabby, did you want to uh, did you want to get started, or do you want to get me? Uh, do you want me to get started? No, but I want to touch about something that you say about sure. you're being more conservative, and I love this because I'm coming from another side of the spectrum, meaning that I come from a culture that might be our values a little bit more different, and maybe the way that I see things 
culturally speaking, I might not see the same way that you see things. So per se, that also impacts a lot in today's topic and try to don't generalize, but also reminding people that whatever we're going to discuss and say is based on our opinions and feedback that we have got from different sides of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really context dependent as well. Um, let's see. Okay, well, you know what, I, I think I'll get started then. I think a really good place to, uh, to, to launch off here is talking about objectification. So objectification is kind of an interesting one, because it's a really nebulous concept. And I think the fact that it is so nebulous, makes it really difficult to navigate and have discussions about it because what exactly is objectification? I mean, people will, will sit down and they'll be like, oh, well, you're objectifying her, you're turning her into an object. And it's like, okay, but what does that even mean? So like, I can't appreciate someone's looks, appearance. I can't appreciate someone's hard work. You know what I mean? Like if, if I have a girlfriend, for instance, and, and this is something that, you know, I know people have been saying lately, you know, you should never compliment, you should never compliment a woman on her body because, um, then she'll take that as her intrinsic level of value. I've heard people say this, but at the same time, I'm like, any functioning relationship, the guy is, he damn well better be complimenting his girlfriend or they're not going to be boyfriend-girlfriend for very fucking long, you know? And, and so it's like, okay, well, where is that cut off then? Because I understand what they're saying. You know, don't reduce women down to a sexual object. But that's not necessarily as simple as it might seem on the surface. And when you get into different scenarios, that's where it becomes a little tricky. And you brought up something really, really important as well, right? Where uh, just before we, before we started recording was, was the context of, you know, if you're out on the street and you see a woman and you're like, damn, baby, you look so sexy. It's like, okay, <laughs> well, well, what's, what's, what's the content there? Okay. Well, the content is you're complimenting someone, right? And what if you go up to someone, let's say in a bar in another context, and you say, hey, you know, how's it going? How's your night? You kind of start chatting. You're like, wow, you know what? You look, you look absolutely stunning. Or, or you say something else. Basically, you're, the content of what you're saying is the same, but the delivery and the context is a little bit different. And, and so it's like, again, now we've added another layer to this conversation where it's like, okay, well, what is appropriate? What is not appropriate? And I think, you know, men and women talk about these things, but really it's very intuitive, and so I don't think there is a clear line or, or delineation. I think you have good rules of thumb, but, um, you know, I think this is kind of enough to get started on. And why don't you take it from there? No, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I actually make a little bit of research about what most data can actually say about all these. Because nowadays we see a lot on social media, like girls being like this type of feminist and again, boys and boys and like, but then how you want us to compliment you and all these like type of battles that we think that exist through social media. So one of the things that I found is basically the dictionary defines to objectify someone is to look at someone as an object, usually as a sexual one, rather than a fully forming human with opinions, feelings, and sense of humor. Now, my question in here comes like, where is that we're drawing that line between the intention from the action and it's the fall of social media that the way that we are perceiving these things is based on that we are opening a multimedia to the public to be able to come to our space and make us feel in a way that they might don't want us to feel, but that's our perspective. 
or it is actually a creep that it wants for the own sexual pleasure make you feel uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I mean, I can't even, so I, I specifically as a rule really avoid um, difficult conversations via text message, you know, or email or anything like that. Even on the phone, in my opinion, is not great because it's like so much is lost in translation that, you know, I've had people text me and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, this guy's super disrespectful. And then I call him up and I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like, what's going on, man? We're going to have some words. And then he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I was being sarcastic. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then completely, I'm just like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Right. And so, so a lot of that context is definitely lost. But then at the same time, you know, I mean, creep any girl's page who's got, you know, let's just say hypothetically over 10,000 followers. And you're, you're going to find some creeps there for sure. Like, um, but it also depends on the content that they're putting out as well. That's going to kind of attract a certain type of person. But um, yeah, it's, it's that, that one's kind of interesting. I think, um, I think when it comes to objectification, I personally think that that word is more of a barrier than it is useful. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of the times we have these, like these things like, um, and I, I really want to avoid getting political, but I don't necessarily know how to make this, a statement without or make this point without getting political i guess Go without venturing it. into that realm a little bit but um you know we, we see these like trend or buzzwords all the time like racist homophobic um prejudice or, or you know all these things that have like a lot of stigma around them and it's like in most cases when i see people like when i see an incident and then i see people being like oh you're this you're this you're this it's like i don't think he's any of those things he's just a dick <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he, he, th this guy or this girl or whatever, they're just dicks. That's it. Like, they're just rude. They're not racist. They're just assholes. You know what I mean? And, and like, I guess to kind of make the point a little bit more, it's like when guys, and this, this is something I think, I don't know if it's, it's more guys that do this or if it's more girls that do that. I don't know. But anyways, it's like, you know, when you're mad at someone and you just say whatever you can, that's going to hurt them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like I kind of see it being a little bit more like that. And if they say something that happens to be maybe prejudiced or homophobic or whatever, or, or, or is interpreted that way, I'm, I guess I'm very hesitant to, to kind of label people so quickly, you know what I mean? About, about certain things. And so I think sometimes like with objectification, like the, these terms, it's like, you know, guys and girls are being like, just labeled, Oh, you're doing this or you're doing this. And it's like, ah, I don't I don't know about that, you know? Well, I think that's something that is in our nature as a human being. Even when we all want to think that we are good and that we are fair with others, we are biased because it really depends on the way that you were raised. What is good for you might not be good for me or vice versa. So we create bias and then we translate them when we're an adult and we don't realize that the words that we use can have a lot of power and sometimes we don't actually understand the meaning of what they're mean for someone else. Uh, that's that you just say that having conversations via text you try to avoid. Trust me, as a, someone that just learned English five years ago from scratch because I didn't even know the alphabet, to me, I have had social like struggle sometimes to connect with my clients who are Americans because the way that I speak, they might feel that it's too rude. I'm like, 
No, I just don't know all the keywords that you want me to use. So I stick to my basis and to my present perfect, the things that I know. Because if I try to sound too fancy or use too many words, I don't fully understand what I'm saying and they won't either. So I just try to keep it as simple. And sometimes we just try to sound way ahead of who we really try to be or show to other people in the media than we actually are. And that's thing that's a mask that most of people who work through social media sometimes have to put in order for the business to get to the point that they are trying to get it. You brought up a really, really great point, actually, which is differences in culture and communication styles. So <clears throat> something like, you know, for, for me as well, um, Canadians generally don't, they're usually pretty passive, you know, for the most part. Whereas like me growing up and, and you know, like where I came from and how I was raised, we're very direct and the women are very, very direct as well. So like if a guy, if, if she's, if a woman senses weakness in a guy, like he's not acting like a man, he's not, you know, acting strong. He's not like being a leader. He's not doing what he needs to be doing to hold down the fort. She will come out and call him on it right away. And, and people are very direct, even like my, my grandma. So this is a perfect example. My grandma, she's, she's 99 or maybe she just turned a hundred actually. Wow. And she's this like tiny little old, you know, European woman. And, uh, well, she, she's French, but anyways, and, um, I went over there, maybe this was like a couple of years ago and I had a girlfriend at the time and I walk in, she sees me. And at the time I was like 290. So I was, I was a big boy, you know, and she walks in, she like gives me a big hug. She's like, Oh, Daniel, da, 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 how have you been? And she sees my tattoos and she sees that I'm big. And she's like, what happened to you? You look so disgusting. Look. And she starts rubbing my, <laughs> she starts rubbing my stomach and she's like, what is this belly? You need to lose this weight. Like you're too big. You, you shouldn't be you're this like, way. Like, that's my power belly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> she's like, but she's like, no one's going to love you. <laughs> like no woman's going to like you. And I'm like, this is my girlfriend, like right behind me. You know what I mean? Oh, and it's like, yeah. But the thing is, like, she did not mean that in a rude way. And I didn't take it in a rude way. That's just a cultural difference. You know, she's just looking out for my health. And she's right to do that based on, based on like, our upbringing, right? And so that's something that I tell people here. And they're like, oh, my God, your grandma's a savage. But that is very, very normal over there because she's just looking out for you. And, and exactly like what you were saying, you know, like, you're seen as direct or sometimes rude but it's not rude. It's just, it's just more direct. It's a different, different culture, right? Definitely. And I think you touched in two points that I want to bring up and is about masculinity. I think that people have defined masculinity in such a narrow box. Like most of guys are being raised to fear being afraid. Like they have to be the one who, like say, who killed the mouse in the house because they are the men of the house or they are this figure of respect. When in reality, that's more harm than good if you think about it, because then the more manly that the man seems to be, the weaker his ego is. And it's when they go off to do stupid things that they must just regret later on. And the second thing that you touch, and I think it's hilarious, is your grand story. And also, this is going to go back to the interview that you have with Steffi Corn. So, 
Stephanie and I come from the same country and we are very close in age. But her experience into discovering her femininity and her girliness is very different from mine. From her, she feels that if she was too girly, she won't be taken serious. For me, if I was too sporty or too assertive, I won't be taken serious. So the last time that I went to Venezuela, this was like three, four years ago, my grandma saw me and my grandma told me like, what is all the thing that you're posting on Facebook? Like you picking up ways and like, look at your arms. I'm like, well, grandma, that's called powerlifting. And she's like, ah, that sounds like an sport for angry woman who cannot find husband. I'm like. <laughs> that's, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> like at all. <laughs> So to me, I just, you know, I just let it go because I have to pick my battle. I won't want to be like fighting with this old lady who she was raised to be I'm a woman who wanted to get to become a wife. But yeah. in my culture, even like the woman who tried to be too a sporty is just not socially accepted. I don't know if you know anything about my country besides our yeah, My brother is born in Venezuela. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so, oh, well, I'm from the mountains, from media. Anyway, so we are famous for having like beauty pigeons, right? Like, oh, the most beautiful woman and all those stereotypes. And that's one of the biggest issues that I have when I moved here. Because when I moved here, I wanted to keep doing that, keep looking that way. But at the same time, I wanted to be taken seriously as an athlete. I wanted to show that I wasn't scared to sweat. I wanted to show that I wanted to get muffled and like taking serious. But then I was like, ah, oh, but I also want my grandma and my family back at home like me. So to me, it was really hard to let go wearing high heels all the time and getting all this stuff in order to actually focus for what at that moment, it is my main priority, that is the fitness and the business. So when Stephanie Cohen was telling her story, I like, this is so funny because it's the same culture, kind of the same story. She's an immigrant and an immigrant. We both live here. And I started to discover more of my athleticism, like being muscular and enjoy more that part of not being as girly. And it seems that now she's enjoying more that other part that she suppressed for so long. So I just think it's just so interesting. And I would like to know as a male, what do you think is your perspective with women who either try too much to be too girly at the gym, let's say to narrow down the topic, or to try to pretend like the women, like no girl at all, but deep inside, you know, that they are just females that, you know, there are things that we cannot change biologically at all. Yeah. Um, th this is a tricky one. I want to, I want to mention one thing though. Um, and I'd love for you to circle back around to it as well, because you mentioned two things. You're like, okay, Steffi and I um, come from the same culture roughly the same age, but have two very, very different experiences. Although ultimately the, the transformation is very similar, you know, how that transformation occurred and where you guys end up are, are fairly different, right? But at the same time, both of you experience this internalized pressure. And this was something that Steffi said that she was like, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be a certain way. Um, and then she, at, at some point she's just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to do my own thing, right? And so I always wonder 
how much of this pressure, because there's obviously societal pressure. There obviously is, right? It's, it's undeniable. Oh, yeah. But I wonder how much of these feelings are us overvaluing that versus, you know, versus other people actually judging. It's, it's almost like, you know, when people come into the gym for the first time and they're like, oh, everyone's watching me. And then after like two years, <laughs> after two or five years, you're like, oh, no one's watching me because everyone's too insecure uh-huh. that other people are watching them, <laughs> you know? Well, they're just or, doing or, their own thing. Yeah, exactly. Or they're doing their own thing or whatever it is, right? It's like, so the, the perception of social judgment, a lot of the times it's not, I don't want to say it's not real because it is, but sometimes I think we magnify things. Yeah. You know? And, and I mean, I'll, I'll answer your question. I don't want to dodge it. Um, but I would, I would love to hear your feedback on that. Um, I, I, I guess afterwards. So your question was, what can you, can you repeat that again? Something about women in the gym who dress up or something? Oh, like yeah. Well, let me go back really quick about something that you just mentioned. And sure. it was the part of that. She felt depression. She just let it go. I learned Daniel to see it as a toxic relationship in the meaning, like, imagine that this that boyfriend that keeps cheating on you and you come going back and forward, or that girlfriend who cheats on you and you come back and forward. And at some point, you just deserve to do better for yourself and love yourself and say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to break up with this person and let it go. And that's what happened to me with how I wanted to be seen in my family for my friends back home to, what, to who I wanted to become here. And I think I cannot speak for a specific arm, but I feel that that's something that she might relate to, that she just decided to break apart from those feelings and double that on herself and do whatever she wanted. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a really high degree of like autonomy and just self-awareness that I think has to come with that because if you're not if you're not really sure in who you are then everyone and everyone's opinion is going to just pull you in in every which way basically and so it can become very difficult like you really have to be resolute and like this is who I am this is what I represent these are what my values are and if other people don't like it yeah sometimes that hurts sometimes their judgments hurt sometimes they dig but at the end of the day you know like you got to do you so I, I totally agree with that um so oh, back okay. to my question, it was like, yeah, when you yeah, yeah. see these females, um, okay, I don't want to judge, but I want to cut the chase and go straight to it. Like these classic females who go to the gym, wear like two super cute outfits, like everything is super known. They only use certain ways. They act certain way as well. Like, you know, have enough like the booty workout and the jean chart, I think that's the brand. And then you see the other perspective yeah. <laughs> that is the female with the basketball, like shorts, and she's like, what's up, bro? And like, you know, it's just like, what is your perspective as someone forgetting that you have athletes and like you don't want to sound biased towards anybody? That you see when you are there sitting on your bench, minding your business, and you see this type of perspective on females. Do you see that they're trying too hard or do you think they should like, like you know, like ease? Uh, I, I personally don't. I, I don't really think anything of it, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, like, <clears throat> I think, yeah, like, I, I think that pretty much 
if a girl wants to behave or do whatever she wants, like I am very, very libertarian, you know? So if, if you want to go out and, you know, wear literally just tassels on your chest and go around clubbing, I don't care, you know, go and do whatever you want so long as you're not hurting anyone. <clears throat> so like, I think, you know, if, if you're, if you're a chick and you want to go and work out in basketball shorts or this or that, I don't, I don't think it really matters. And there's definitely like, I've definitely known women who have different personality types. Some women are like much more tomboyish, much more sporty. Other women are like very, very feminine. And I, I yeah, I, so I, I genuinely don't think much about that. Um, I think the conversation sometimes between guys about something similar is usually like about um, women who complain about getting looked at, like getting stared at or something like that at the gym. Mm -hmm. So, so that, that's what I hear a lot from women and from men, right. Where people like, Oh, um, guys are staring at me at the gym and I don't like it. And da, 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 da. So that is something that I guess I I will speak on because I do have an opinion on that. Um, On the one hand, like people have autonomy, men and women have, have autonomy in, in Canada and the U S and things like that. Right. So, you know, wear whatever you want, but there is also a burden that comes with autonomy, right? So if you have your own business, you make more money, you call your own shots, you make your own schedule. However, you're also responsible for getting clients, for generating revenue, for perpetuating your business forward, right? So there's always, there's always a trade-off there. There's always a cost and a benefit. And I think, you know, if, if women want to go and, and wear whatever they want, again, wear whatever the fuck you want, like go for it, all the power to you. The only thing that sometimes I don't understand is I don't understand when people pretend like they're surprised that men are looking at them. It's like, I've seen women wearing like, you know, you know, those gym outfits where it's like, that's less of a gym outfit and more of like a salsa dancing, you know what I mean? Like bra and, and, Listen, Maria, and yes, I get it because I have three yeah. outfits. I have a cat sled woman. That is my florist outfit. I have a tomboy <laughs> homeless and I have a grandma who goes to Walmart. So sometimes yeah. I'm that Latin dancing and sometimes I'm yeah. just a homeless, yeah. but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. So like I, I've seen some pretty elaborate outfits. Like I've seen girls going in with like literally half their ass hanging out and like doing really deep deficit RDLs in front of people. And it's like, go for it. I don't care. There's no problem there. But if you think that you're going to do that and then not attract attention, I think that's intellectually dishonest. You know, it's like, look, look at someone like me. This is a prime example. <clears throat> I'm, I'm 280. I have all these tattoos on like my neck, my hands, my arms. When I'm walking down the street, every single time I go out, every single time I go out with friends, at least three guys will come up and, and try and like start something with me every single time because they're using me as their measuring stick. Right? So it's like, is that fair? Is it justified? Well, no, like I don't want to be I don't want people to aggravate me. I don't want people to start fights with me. I don't want any trouble. I just want to go out and hang out with my friends. So is it fair that these guys are doing this? No, it's not. But at the same time, I chose to be big. I chose to get tattoos. So I can't exactly be angry when guys try and start stuff with me. You know what I mean? It's like 
that that's just, that's part of what it is. Right. And then additionally, like if I'm walking down the street, even during the daytime, sometimes women will literally cross the street, walk past me and cross back. And I don't mind because again, if it's at nighttime, that's the right thing. You know, like if a woman doesn't know me and they see someone like me, I agree with that. So I'm not offended by that because I'm like, I look intimidating. I'm a big dude. You know, I, I understand that. <clears throat> and so Sometimes I just think that like, for me anyways, I struggle to understand when people are like, oh, well, I should be able to go out and wear whatever I want and not have anyone comment. I'm like, yes, you should. But people are not always going to be on that level. So I, I guess I just think that like, you can do whatever you want, but I, I don't understand the surprise of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. It's like, well, of course it's happening. You know what I mean? Not saying it's justified, not saying it's right. I'm just saying I don't understand when people act surprised by it. I understand your point because now I can hear from a male perspective that I have never heard it. I'm going to tell you for a woman perspective, especially from my personal opinion. I am a female, as I told you, I have three types of outfits, my slutty, my homeless, and my grandma. Uh, <laughs> I love <love> the <laughs> classification. <laughs> yeah. And I do sometimes, even when it's outside the gym or like other places at the gym, I feel seen because I have deep breath. I pick to have to speak breath. And sometimes I do wear cleavage. This doesn't mean that I want people to think that I'm, I'm a hooker because I'm Latin, I'm brunette, and I have deep breath. But that's an stereotype that it does happen. So what it comes to happen right now and what you say is that we went a little bit from the I don't understand why people get so assumed like amazed but when someone wears this type of things or do this type of exercise in front of them to one stereotype I do feel that you as a female have the responsibility to know that naturally straight men and even women are going to be looking at you if you are doing certain moments in social little clothes, because we are sexual beings. Like that's how we keep life. Like we need to reproduce and we think about sex and we have making it a taboo. But at the same time, it does feel awkward when you do feel people staring at you or objectifying or stereotyping just for how you look, just because you decide to get tattoos and you are big. Maybe you're just a golfer who likes that too and has famished like too often. So you're just big for because of that. Maybe I am a hooker or maybe I just decide to look this way because it's how I like me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So again, like <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not, you know, justifying any sort of behavior, right? Like I said, I am very libertarian. If girls want to go to the gym and like literally just one of those Borat outfits where he has the thong that goes over his shoulders, go for it. Like that doesn't bother me at all. I probably will stop and stare for a bit. because I'm going to be like, what the fuck am I looking at? But you know, I'm going to be training. So to, to be honest, like at, at my club, we have a, I, I train at a private club. So mm -hmm. all the people there are quite serious. All the women there are also quite serious. They're very strong. They're really good athletes. So that's that whole, the whole discussion that you're talking about is pretty far removed from um, my day-to-day -day experience. So, so we don't really have that sort of stuff happen at, at my gym, uh, at least not, not to my knowledge anyways. Right. Um, so I think 
yeah, I think I think people can wear whatever they want, and it that's the thing. Like, it is really tricky because at the same time, like, I do remember when I first went into the gym. Like, I actually genuinely do remember it. I was skinny as hell. I was 165 pounds. Uh, I was weaker than the women. I was incredibly insecure, and all I felt was that everyone was looking at me and and judging me. And admittedly, looking back, that's a lot of my own insecurities that I was just kind of projecting on other people. But part of it was probably true. You know, uh, people, people probably were staring, people probably were judging. And I would imagine that for women, um, a lot of that is the same, right? Where, where, you know, you go in and guys will stare and it makes you uncomfortable. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a, a solution for that. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, and I don't feel we are never going to create a solution because it's something that comes from many years, even be, before we were born. It's just the way that the game is. So you usually shouldn't be hating the player. You should hate the game, right? But um, something that I wanted to touch on that I got a lot of questions or answers on my social media was about men feeling feel intimidated by women who take their sponsorship because of the way that women look and not for their achievements. Like, apparently, and I didn't know that, is there's a jealousy between men in certain sports that don't feel that women are deserved of the sponsorship because the women are just marketing themselves for their body and not for their skills when men have, like, let's say, reached a pro level. Um. Yeah, so so <clears throat> I do know what you mean, um, and I'll, I'll be honest. Like when I was probably in my early twenties, I used to get annoyed by that as well. I'd be like, "Oh, this girl doesn't have any value. She's just hot, blah blah blah," and like she's just getting away on her looks. And now looking back, I think that that's just incredibly insecure kind of perspective. You know, like let let's say let's say hypothetically. This woman, not a good athlete at all. This hypothetical woman, she's not a good athlete at all, but she's very attractive, right? And, and she gets a lot of eyeballs on the sport or on the, on, the, on the brand that's sponsoring her or whatever. So, you know what I mean? Like she, she has a strength and she's using her strength to her advantage. Why would you not use your strength to your advantage, right? It's like, why would I not use a, a weightlifting belt when I'm squatting and deadlifting? If it's available to me, if this woman has zero talents and only has her looks, well, why would she not make use of her only talent to get sponsorships, to get ahead in life? Now, let's say she's got tons of talents. Let's say she's a fantastic lifter. She's attractive. She's this, she's that. And, you know, like, again, I don't see a problem with that. So I think guys who are like, Anyone who's comparing and they're like, oh, she doesn't deserve the sponsorship, I do. Whether they're talking about a woman or a guy or anything, I think that comes from a place of scarcity and insecurity where it's like, well, why do you deserve it over them? Especially if you don't even know them, like maybe they have a really good relationship with, with, the, uh, with the brand. Maybe they cultivated that over several years and the brand's like, hey, you know what? I, I really like what you're about. I like how you're spreading this message. You know what I mean? So whenever I see stuff like that, I, I honestly think that the, like, I think that the haters are just fucking haters. You know what I mean? Like they're just jealous and, and it is what it is. So I, 
I personally haven't ever heard of that for sponsors. I most that, that conversation mostly comes up when it's things like OnlyFans, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Where you get some random girl, where you get some random girl making like, you know, hundreds of thousands or even sometimes maybe million. I don't know how much OnlyFans makes, but I'm assuming you can make like hundreds of thousands a year. Um, because I actually I do know, I do know one person who, who does that. She makes a lot of money. And so I, I know that some guys are pissed off about that. But again, even though I don't agree with those judgments, like with those things moralistically, like they're against my values, it's not my life, you know? So do whatever the fuck you want. They're not hurting anyone. And if they have a sponsorship or an OnlyFans or whatever, let them fucking do it. Because I think most guys would do the exact same thing if they were in the same position. It's just they don't have it. Daniel, are you familiar with the experiment called Katie Howard that was made in the Columbus in the School of Business in Columbus University? Hating Howard? Yes. Berkeley. And this will come to your point. Let me explain you. My ADHD made me sound like in little circles, but I will go back to the point. (laughs) So Harry Howard was an experiment where a business professor took uh, the same study, so a male and a female, and he said, this is Haiti, this is Howard. They are both have the same, like, PhD, the same type of resume, right? So half of the students has to be who they like more, and that is like better. Even when everybody agrees that both were completely, like, willing to take the job or they were in the same line like intellectually they like Howard more just because there's a natural tendency that human including male and female like males more because the woman who looks assertive the woman who goes like this the go-getter seems to be a little bit over herself too much and my point with coming with this is because I have heard from males that are elite power lifters or whatever, that they have asked me, why do you work with this brand when you're still a newbie? Or what do you work with this brand if you use that, you know? So it's just like, no, it's not because you don't deserve it. Maybe it's that you think that for who you are or for what you have, you should be entitled to people at like, come to you to offer you do things. On my end, I go and ask for what I want. And that doesn't seem to be fair for the people who doesn't know me. They think the brands are using me for how I look and not because I went and get it. And for this other part of the spectrum, it's like, I am a pro, I can do this. And like this year of experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And again, like people are never going to have perfect information, right? Like they're never going to know your situation or what happened. It's like an Instagram is completely choreographed. It's 100% choreographed. So so you're only ever going to see, oh, Gabby's got this perfect life and she's got sponsors and da 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 and whatever. And it's like, again, I, I just think that that comes from a place of scarcity, right? Like scarcity and insecurity, because it's like, a lot of the times people compare these situations to a zero sum game, right? Where if Gabby has a sponsorship, that means I don't. And it's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like if you want to get sponsored, go out and talk to a million sponsors, you know, like you'll get someone sponsoring you. I mean, like I get at least a couple messages every week from like, 
stupid clothing lines being like, Oh my God, we love your, we love your brand. You want to rep our stuff? And it's like, it's probably bullshit, but at the end of the day, like you can get someone like that or you can just contact bigger brand names. And it's like, I don't, I don't think, plus even if it's the same organization, like let's say SBD, I don't know who you're sponsored by, but let's say you're sponsored by SBD. SBD sponsors a lot of people. Why couldn't they yeah. just reach out and, and be like, Hey, I'd love to rep your brand. Like, are you looking for, for athletes to sponsor or something like that? I mean, I think that just comes from a place of insecurity. I don't know that that's a, a male female thing. I think that that's just a, an insecurity thing. Well, yeah. let's not forget that there's a difference between being a sponsor, being an ambassador. That, that's what most of the people also confuse the term. That's why <clears throat> what we said in the beginning, words have social power, but not everybody knows the meaning of those words. So they think that a sponsor might be the same an ambassador. And an ambassador, you're just another source for the company and you're getting freebies. Yeah. A sponsor is that you're getting paid by the brand just for do your thing. So, you know, people tend to confuse that. Do you have any questions about um, the topic that we're talking that you got from Instagram that you would like to discuss? Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of questions actually that I was asked. So um, let's see. Let's make this interesting. Pick like the spiciest one. The spiciest one. Uh, yeah. Okay. This one's pretty controversial. Are men intimidated by assertive women? I'm going to say no, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to put a caveat on this. So um, I think that there are lots of insecure men and I think that there are lots of insecure women. Um, but I don't necessarily think it in the same way that you wouldn't categorize a healthy individual from research, the same way you would categorize an obese individual during research, like doing studies, you can't necessarily relate those two outcomes, right? Because they're different demographics. So in the same way, I would have to separate men who I would just, let's just broadly call them insecure and, and women who are broadly insecure, whatever. I don't think any guy who's, you know, sure in himself is intimidated by a confident woman. I, and I've heard, I've heard this a lot where women will be like, Oh, well, I can't approach a guy um, at a bar because men don't like confident women. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Any guy who's like sitting there and has a woman approaching him, he's now like, oh my God, I feel like a freaking king. Seriously. <laughs> I seriously, can see that. Right? And so it's like the only time a guy is going to turn a girl down in that instance is A, if he has a girlfriend or he's married, or B, if he's not interested in her. But it has nothing to do with the confidence. And I've heard this said a lot, and I just I don't buy it, and I don't see it. Not to say that it doesn't happen, but I think in those instances, if a guy is, is intimidated by a confident and assertive woman, I would really question his own value as an individual. I would question his values. I would question his, his level of like, um, you know, whether or not he actually knows who he is as an individual, if, if he owns who he is, if he owns his masculinity. Like, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't see any of my friends. And obviously this is, again, very biased because the particular type of individual I hang out with just would never behave in that way. So I don't see it, but I'm sure that it exists on some level. I just, I've never seen that. So I, well, I would really be interested in hearing your thoughts though, because I hear this all the time. No, definitely. 
Do you remember in the beginning of our conversation that I said that the more manly that the man is, the weaker his ego seems to be? Yes. I mentioned this because when I started powerlifting, I used to have a bodybuilding boyfriend that he broke up with me because he saw me sniffing ammonia and slamming my hands, like my thighs, and like being me about to make a PR. He said, like, this is literally too much. You are becoming another person and I cannot handle it. To me, Daniel, That's I cried like for up? two weeks. Yes. Like, literally, oh. he told me my face after we left the gym. He said, like, we That's need to so talk. Shallow. And I'm like, I know where this is coming from. He's like, you have changed so much. I understand that this is your passion, but I don't feel like we're a good fit anymore. You're acting like a different person, especially when you're at the gym. I think this is just for you to call attention and it's just too much and I don't feel comfortable with this. So in here, what is where it goes the part. At that point, when I still have a beginning, I was deadlifting more than he was doing. People, I, at least that's how I felt, they were like, oh wow, that little girl at 130 pounds is like doing good for herself. And he was next to me doing the same way. So at the same time, I feel it was more ego that was like her than and I don't know, the reality of the situation. And I feel that if a man gets intimidated by a confident woman, it is on them for not having the tools or not having been with the tools that they don't need to be always the alpha. And that is okay. Yeah. So I would, I would actually push back against that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, it sucks that that happened. Oh, but no. I find someone better now. The guy it seems to be a great person, right? So um, so I, I would definitely push back against that. I, I agree with everything you're saying. The only thing that I would say, though, to differentiate that is I would not call that guy masculine, right? Because there, there's a big difference. And this actually is, is perfect because one of the questions that I got was about toxic masculinity. And... This is a word or a phrase that I absolutely detest because it's basically just taking a bunch of characteristics that have nothing to do with, with being a man and just pretending that it has anything to do with masculinity. So some of the things that I've heard just off the top of my head uh, about toxic masculinity, um, uh, like rudeness, right? Um, like insecurity about women's power, right? Having to dominate, um, uh, like hyper aggression, um, just a bunch of yeah. things that are just negative, right? And and it's like that is not what being a man is about, right? So for instance, how like, would you sometimes... define being a man? Sure. So so I'm 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 gonna get to that, right? Like when there there are times where like I'll be talking with my friends and they'll be like, yo, like they're they're not behaving properly. So I'm like, yo, man, the fuck up, right? And that that expression is also really controversial sometimes. And it's like, that has nothing to do with women. That has everything to do with, hey, you're not acting like a man. You're acting like a boy, like a child. You need to step into your manhood and actually behave appropriately. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more of a call to action, getting them to rise to the occasion than it is about disparaging women. It has nothing to do with women. It's kind of the same thing like saying, hey, woman up, you know, or, or calling, what, what is the new trend? It's like uh, calling power. Queens, like, hey, queens, hey, kings, you know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. Well, I, I think anyways, I've, I've only kind of heard these things in passing. But when, when it comes to like being a man, 
it is not about dominating anyone else. Like if you were to meet all of my very closest friends, all of them, very assertive, very successful, um, very good with, with, with women, uh, smart, you know, funny, super loyal, like always show up, always have your back. They're men of their word. They always keep their word. If they say they're going to do something, they do it. You know what I mean? They're reliable. They have all these really, really great qualities and we're all, we'll all be hanging out and you'll never be able to point to one of us and be like, Oh, this guy's the leader of the group. And it's like, why is that? Right? Because none of us are trying to dominate anyone else. We're just doing our own things. You know, like some, some of my best homies, like we'll just be hanging out and it's like, he's doing his own thing and that's fine. I'm not trying to lead him. I'm not trying to be better than him. We're not trying to one up each other. It's not like that. You know, if anything, it's kind of the opposite where we're always trying to help build each other up. Right. So a perfect example of this is like <clears throat> one of my, uh, one of my buddies, um, the, gosh, this was a couple of years ago. We were just like chilling, watching Netflix. And, um, I had told him previously that I was insecure about my teeth because I've got a, a crooked tooth on my right side. Right. And uh, yeah, exactly. And I said, I was like insecure about it. I didn't like smiling in photos. I would never do like a, an open mouth smile. Um, and even like, if I was talking to women, I told him, I was like, yeah, like I'm kind of embarrassed about it, you know? And I was, it was something that I was genuinely insecure about. Right. And I was in like my mid twenties at the time. And I remember he was like, okay. And so we're just like sitting down watching Netflix one day and we hadn't said a word to each other in like 30 minutes. And then out of nowhere, he just turns to me and he's like, he hits pause and he's like, yo, your teeth are really fucked up. You should do something about it. And I was like, what? And so I got really pissed off at first. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, don't be disrespecting me like that. And, uh, and then, but then he, he, he called me out. He was like, well, dude, here's the thing. He's like, you're, you're insecure about it. Right. And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, so be a fucking man, either own it or do something about it. But don't just sit here and complain about your situation. And I couldn't say anything, right? I, I was like, you're right. You're right. That's it. And I, I don't want to get braces because, you know, I'm 32 now. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not going to go through the process of getting braces and have to do all the nonsense. So I just owned it, right? And <clears throat> he cared more about me becoming a better person and getting over that obstacle than he did about upsetting me. Like he put me before you know, him before me liking him or before my feelings, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's a good friend. And, and that's what I, like, when I think of masculinity, that's what I think of. It's like people supporting each other, people pushing you to become better people, you know, being providers, protectors. And these are not, when I say that's, that's what being a man is. A lot of those qualities are also feminine. You know what I mean? Like women also do that. They just do it in their own way. You know what I mean? And so, so I don't think that those qualities are exclusively male, but when I, when I think about masculinity, that's what I think about, you know? And like, like, um, you know, if I'm at a restaurant or something like that, you will never ever hear me be rude to any server, right? I will always say, please. I will always say, thank you. I will always say, yes, ma'am. I always, 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 always will say that. And like, I will always hold the door open. If someone drops their coat, I will always get up out of my table, go pick it up and give it to them. And it's like, in my opinion, that's what being a man is about. Being a man is not pretending to be this thing that you're not, right? It's yeah. like, if, if you're, so for me, I am an aggressive person, right? I do enjoy fighting. I'm very assertive. I'm very direct. That's who I genuinely am. That's not a game. That's not someone I pretend to be. And so owning who that is, that's being masculine. Whereas the next guy might not be, he might not be super aggressive. He might just be super, super chill. He might be, 
you know, just like really into meditation and, and music and art and whatever. And even though those aren't traditionally seen as masculine, if he owns that and he owns who he is, that's confidence, that's masculinity, right? So it's more the, the essence of what drives your behaviors and what drives your, your, I guess, what motivates you than it is the actual behaviors themselves. Like you don't need to be this big fucking machismo guy. You know, like I happen to be a big guy. I happen to be a good fighter. I happen to be a strong guy. But before that, I was also a yoga instructor. I would meditate for two hours a day. I, I would read spirituality books. Like, so I've, I've been a different person across the lifespan. And at all of those times, you could say that I was masculine, right? Does that kind of make yeah. sense? No, definitely. And it's so nice to know the things about you. I feel that you have a wide like, idea of what the masculine thing is, but I also believe that if we keep getting those questions, because I also got it from females and from male in my social media, it's more like the section, but not the rule. Because if the topic is still on, it means that it's still happening. And might be knowing our circle, luckily, but it's still happening a lot. That there's still like who is the alpha, how we have to act, or where we should be, or even if you want to see outside of what is fitness on the instrument and the corporation, or look at how many females are president or whole idea of jobs and men with the men. This is not about the gender that, that I'm talking about, but what I mean is like the masculinity of like, is the man who tries to be on top, is the man who tries to be one more status higher is the man who has to do it because he he's the alpha he's the one who is supposed to do it and this is still happening so it might not be in your circle but i keep hearing it and getting questions and answers a lot about this topic like mackling is means to is supposed to do to do and be this but it also mackling should be also this so there's no like a right or wrong answer I think it really depends as well as your own value. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's always going to be a bastardization of, of some of these concepts, right? Like, um, I, I think that like, you know, you're going to get different representations of that. So regardless of where you are, whether it's in a corporation or anything like that, you know, that, that's my definition of, of masculinity. So I, I guess uh, one of the ways that I put this is um, imagine you're on a date and the, uh, the guy starts talking about, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, like I'm a lawyer and I make this much money and I, I know these people. I've got 50,000 followers, right? He's trying to assert himself as a quote unquote alpha, right? But mm-hmm. anyone who's legitimately an alpha, like, first of all, I hate using that word because it's just so ridiculous right but anyone who's actually confident and solid in themselves would never behave like that and would never call themselves an alpha the only people that i see calling themselves an alpha or being like i'm a strong confident man and like i'm a this and i'm a that or or women who do that i don't see that as confidence i see that as like someone who's trying to trick themselves into believing it you know what i mean it's like who are you trying to prove this to? You know, like, I don't think confidence is something you have to tell people. It's just something you either exude or you don't like people just, you know what I mean? Like you walk into a room and, and people just know they're like, Oh shit, this, this dude or this girl is, is confident period. She didn't say yeah. anything. It's just how she carries herself. Right. 
And so, that's right. But then at the same time, obviously you get men and women who kind of like the the ex boyfriend. Well, actually, I don't want to pick on him, but let's just say, um, oh, someone else, (laughs) right? Where where it's like, you know, he's like intimidated by you lifting. It's like, what kind of a man would be intimidated by that? Like, I at least from from my perspective, right? I would see that and I'd be like, holy fuck, how lucky am I that I have this freaking this little rocket? Who, who's like strong, she's ambitious, she's going after her goals, she's got a business, she's doing all of these really awesome things. Like, fuck yeah, I'm totally behind that. I want to help you get to that next level. And that has nothing to do with me. It's just like, you, you know, like you're a dope person and we're dating. I want to support that, right? And that has nothing to do with me. That, that, so, so it's like, I, I see, I see departures from that. And, and again, this is where I become like very conservative where it's like, I do think that men and women have a role in, in their relationship. And I think a big role is like, you got to support each other. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's enough about that. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of, kind of mention? About my school? Uh, I don't know. I feel like this has just been more of kind of an open-ended conversation than like a point by point discussion. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I know. I think I think this has been great, honestly. Uh, I just feel that at the end of the day, you have a lot to be well with our own insecurities, but the way that we have been raised and the way that we can do better to raise future generations in the meaning that it's just not pushing certain ideologies or just expectations for the type of gender that you are. It's more just like, open up the doors for everybody to figure out who they are and be okay with that. Yeah. And, you know, un- unfortunately, like I, so I, I agree with everything you're saying. I agree that people should cultivate like a good environment, but at the same time, I also genuinely believe like uh, that iron sharpens iron, you know, and, and difficult situations make, make tough people. And, you know, I think the expectation of the world to be an inviting place is, is really a dangerous notion because it sets you up for failure. Whereas if you are just like, you know what, the world is a dangerous place. So I got to make myself strong enough to, to be able to go out into it, you know? And, and that, that comes from like, you don't need to ask permission to, to be who you are. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're a girl and you're like, Oh, I don't know if I should wear this outfit because I'm not sure if guys are going to stare at me. You know what? Like, and again, this is my opinion. I don't want to tell people what to do, but it's like, you know what, if you want to wear it and the thing that's stopping you is insecurity, fucking wear it, own it. You know, like uh, uh, when I, when I was younger, I was like, when we moved to Canada, we didn't ever have chocolate TV chip. Like we didn't even know what these things were just because of how we were raised was very, very different. Um, and so I started, like I had friends and they started giving me all this like sweet stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I became a skinny fat kid. Right. And so I was really, I was really embarrassed about my, my physique and I was really ashamed of it. And I remember talking to my brother and my older brother said the same thing. He's like, dude, just fucking own it. He's like, you want to get over it? Just take your shirt off. And I was like, Oh shit, you're right. So for like a year and a half, everywhere that I went, I did not have a shirt on every single place that I went. And after about a couple months, I quickly got over that. I was so uncomfortable during those couple of months, but I got over it, you know? Well, because because you learn how to feel comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly, right? Because I just, after a while, I was just like, I don't fucking care anymore. 
Like it wasn't that I became comfortable exactly. Like you said, it was just, I did it enough that I was just like, I just don't care anymore. You know, it wasn't that I all of a sudden loved my body because I didn't. Right. But it wasn't stopping me from doing anything. And I think that's a big distinction, right. Is like, you know, I, I look at, I look at the people who are successful, the people who are, um, you know, like have great relationships and all this. It's like, I don't think that they don't experience fear. And I don't think that people with awesome relationships don't experience difficulty. I just think that they're more willing to push through those things to get to the good stuff. You know, um, let's see what, one of the things, let me see one of the questions that I got here. Um, Do you think that pushing that self-love about like owning however you look and however you are is also pushing on healthy behaviors in the meaning that right now in the media it's more like love your body no matter how much you wear who you like you this type of things that we see a lot in male and females but at the same time like love your body show up do you you do you but are you pushing self-love or are you pushing being unhealthy because then you're giving an excuse to someone to go off their way every single day and I don't know, eat junk food or drink alcohol or just don't respect their own image in order to do, do you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit of both, right? Like, because there's always going to be opportunists, you know? So, so like with the whole healthy at every size thing, I think the idea of promoting, you know, self-acceptance and, you know, I, so I guess to take a step back, I think there's a big difference <clears throat> between self-love and self-acceptance. You don't have to necessarily love yourself to accept yourself, right? Like I, right now <clears throat> I don't love my physique, right? Like I'm working with a coach. I've been working with them for about 12 weeks now. I've been getting like way leaner and the next like five months, I should be at around like 10, 11% body fat, which at my body weight will make me pretty fucking shredded, <clears throat> Right. And at that point, I will love my body. Right now, I do not love my body. But I also don't, like, I, I still accept myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't love where I'm at right now in my career, but I, I'm happy with it. And I, I see where I'm going. You know what I mean? And so I think it's kind of the same thing when it comes to body images. You can accept yourself without being complacent. Um, and I think that there's a lot of danger in the messages, right? So like the classification of obesity as a disease, I think that's a big fucking problem. I think it's a it big is. problem because people don't understand the, the clinical significance of that term. And they're just using, they, they, they think that it's like something that you catch, you know, they, they, but they don't understand what it means in clinical terms. So I think that's a very dangerous classification because now people are like, oh, I have a disease. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you didn't catch obesity. You didn't catch, like, it's not like cancer. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's dangerous. And I think there's opportunists that are always going to utilize that as an excuse. But if it wasn't body positivity, it would be, oh, I'm fat because of my genetics. If it, you know, if it wasn't that, it's going to be <laughs> something else. So it doesn't really matter what it is. It's, they're going to use something to come up for justifications for why they can't, you know, look and feel the way they want to, whether it's like blaming men, whether it's blaming women and their unrealistic beauty standards, whether it's blaming social media or genetics or, you know, obesity being a disease. 
I, I think those people are always going to exist. And I think they're much fewer than people like to believe. But unfortunately, with social media, I think there's a very small subset of like individuals who just are really shitty people who make the most noise. And so if you're on social media, I think it appears like they're the majority. And I, I think it appears that that's the way that it's going. But if you just deleted your Instagram account, like... I think most of these problems and controversies you wouldn't even really know existed, you know, yeah. like, like the, the rift between men and or the, the rift, sorry, between men and women. I don't think you'd really see it the same way. Um, the, the whole body acceptance. I don't think you'd see it the same way. And like, even just speaking for, for myself too, right? Like it's at a point where it's so wildly inappropriate to comment on someone who's fat, you know, like to, to anyone, not to mention in a gym, right? Like the number of times I've called people out like really aggressively for, for saying some shit behind someone else's back. Like it's, it's only been about three times, you know what I mean? But I, I, in my opinion, people don't really put up with that. That's my opinion right now. Like, don't get me wrong. If I'm talking about a friend, Oh, pff, I'm calling that dude a fat fuck. I'm saying whatever mean shit I can just to get under their skin because we're, we're friends. You know what I mean? but it has yeah. nothing to do with their actual body image. You know what I mean? It's just the fact that friends are dicks to each other, or at least guys are. And so, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think I'm kind of ranting now. So I'm going to stop and turn it over to you. And I, I'd, I'd like to hear your kind of perspective on that. Well, and I'm a nutrition coach. So of course I will always try to do the best of my abilities to show our people that, they show love for their body for what it can do and because it's also the only place they have to live than just for the number in the scale, let's say. But yeah, there's a point where being a certain way can be unhealthy and it's just not only going to affect you, it's also going to affect your family because then they get worried, they get monetary finances from. So everything can, it goes along in one thing. So, so this that you just mentioned makes me feel if it's some kind because of social media because it would be a perfect world if you would say like yeah most of the people are not on social media or yeah like you can just go ahead and delete your instagram but most of the people that right now probably listen to this they do it because they find you on social media and i don't know about you but at least i can say that 80 percent of my environment is based on social media because that after COVID, how most of my friends and family started to work and interact with each other. So oh, right now we can yeah. just like, just forget that social media is a problem and say, let's just delete it because not everybody's gonna have that luxury because now they either work for it or it's their way to still connect it to people who have moved to other parts of the world and they want to keep along. But it is social media, a wide open, Thing that we had just put out there and like pull ourselves out just like okay here's me go ahead either destroy me or maybe I'm just being hypocritical on my social media saying that I love my body but deep inside when I'm at home alone and I look at the mirror I don't like it but because I'm projecting on my social media I have to like pretend and put this mask and then I take it off at night yeah so ju just to be clear, like I'm not, I'm not recommending people delete social media. I think that generally to function in society, 
it, it's it's a really valuable tool. It was more so just like to to kind of create a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. But but yeah, no, I definitely see what you're saying, and and I, I agree with that. I mean, there there's definitely a pressure to appear a certain way, and honestly, admittedly, like people always call me out for being, oh man, you're so you're so aggressive, you're so direct, and like you're so harsh sometimes, but. And like, I've had a lot of people be like, man, you don't give a fuck about what other people think about you. However, I definitely know that in the past, I have censored myself on social media because I was concerned about how other people would perceive it, especially because I am very conservative. And right now, like a lot of my my views are not very popular, right? And so I'm not, I don't have my business page to like, piss people off or to fuck with people. But at the same time, like I do believe these things. And so it's always kind of been this bit of a, a bit of an internal struggle to be like, okay, you know, how authentic should I be? <laughs> you know? And, and uh, I mean, only recently have I started talking about my, my actual life a little bit more because I've kind of been prompted to by other people and friends and stuff like that. So I've shared a little bit about like what's going on in my life and stuff, but um Previously, it was like mostly content, but I've definitely struggled with that. And even for someone like, I generally am someone who doesn't really give a shit about what other people think about them. And so if I feel that pressure, I can only imagine what other people who are more um, agreeable maybe feel, right? So, so I can definitely see, see that as an obstacle for sure. Um, and I think that's a difference, Daniel, between don't give a shit what other people think, but also wanted to fit in in a meaning that at the end of the day we are based on connections that that's how it made us humans as well so there's a degree where we want to be likable and we want to be accepted even if it does separate us from different tribes and i think that's why you have your tribe and you have your community and everybody supports you and respects who you are, and you feel good because that's how you want to look, and that's the type of environment that you should live in. But then, if you would maybe take like at these athletes that you fall out of the Olympics, Simone Biles, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, she's such an example. But at the same time, there's social controversy that she just left her team. But at the same time, it's like she was looking out of herself. So will she have to decide between being likable or decide about like her own self? It's just, it's an interesting topic. Like I wish we have all the answers and the time to talk about it because there's so much to be saying, but so little solution. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I guess I don't know that there is a solution. I mean, we kind of chatted about this before we even started recording, right? Like there's not really a solution to any of these things. It's just a matter of, I think, broadening your horizon and kind of understanding the different perspectives. So you can kind of be like, oh, okay. Like I can understand why women feel creeped out by dudes at the gym, you know, or, oh, okay. I understand that, you know, so, so for instance, like, actually this is a great example at, um, I know there, there was an incident where, um, someone basically posted on their Instagram story, like, Hey, what are some things that annoy you about, uh, about this, this, the training at the gym or something like that. Right. And a bunch of people started posting and the right when I, right when I saw that, I was like, this is going to be a problem because there's a lot of problems that people have in their head that most other people don't know about. And now it's going to polarize people. And one of the things that I saw was like, Oh, guys, 
staring at or guys not keeping eyes on on themselves or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it basically was like guys staring at girls, right? And it was funny because um, at this particular place, everyone's an athlete. So like if I'm, for me anyways, just speaking for myself, like if I'm looking at a, at a girl, it's because she's fucking strong and she's doing like a log press with like 200 pounds. And I'm like, holy shit, this girl's basically stronger than me. You know, like it's, it's really impressive. So it's like, it's, it's a funny thing because like on the one hand, someone would be like, oh God, these, like these guys are staring at me. But it's like, yeah, but you're also doing something really impressive, right? So, so why yeah, that happened with females you know? too? Like yeah. females also look at other females, and I think we like yeah. to forget about that fact. And that's something that I wanted to touch on here about like the objectification in women in the fitness industry. Don't come only from the male perspective; it comes from also the female perspective. There's also female toxicity inside the gene and outside, and I don't feel that we talk a lot about it. Because right now the trend is like this empowerment female type of scene, which I'm all for, but I also don't want to forget about the fact. And that sometimes are more of the females looking at other females than the male. Yeah, actually, so I saw a meme. Someone sent me a meme a, a little while ago. And for me anyways, this really, really resonated because I've had experiences like this before and a lot of guys have. So. Um, basically this meme is like, there's, there's like a, you know, an objectively beautiful woman laying at the beach, right. In a bikini, one woman walks by and it, it's kind of like stereotyping a little bit. One woman walks by who's like tattooed up, her hair's dyed in a rainbow. Um, and she's like, Oh God, look at that girl. Who's just completely promoting, um, you know, societal standards of beauty, right? She keeps walking. Another girl, she's, uh, you know, very heavy and overweight. She looks over and she's like, oh my God, like what an unrealistic body image to promote. Oh, I can't believe this girl's disgusting. She walks by. And then someone else walks by and same thing, another, you know, has another criticism for her. And then a man walks by and looks and he's like, oh, wow, that girl's beautiful. And then all of these women come back in and they're like, how dare you say that? She's not doing it for you. She's beautiful. She doesn't need you to, or she doesn't need to justify <laughs> herself to you. And I was like, damn, like that hits home because I have seen that happen so freaking often where like, yeah. I've seen women outright, like been a part of it where I'm like, I'm hearing women outright criticizing this one person. And then the moment that a guy says anything, it's like, you piece of shit. You, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, wh talk about the pot calling the kettle black, right? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I think I have seen that happen to me, even in my own circle with friends, that they can see someone else and make a comment. But then if it's a male who make it, they're all, Okay, queen, we got you. Like, especially like at bars, like you do super <laughs> gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like three minutes ago, you were saying that Karen was flawed. Like, why are you being fake? So it's just like it's very hard sometimes because I feel that women sometimes are being raised to be competitive, which I think it could be a good thing if it was more for another perspective that it wasn't from the attention of to attract the male. 
But we see that a lot that if he is the woman who is being criticized by the men, we all go for it and she's our sister and empowerment. But then if he is another female to another female, we just pick sides. So which side of and with who woman we are like agree with. And that's really hard sometimes to be in the media and try to keep it in neutral and be just Switzerland, you know? It's just like sometimes you just have to believe with the controversy. Let it go. Yeah, it's kind of like that that movie Mean Girls. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that that one was kind of an interesting one because I don't know when when I saw when I saw that like when someone sent me that meme I was like okay that that does hit home for me like I've I've been in situations where something like that happened and I was criticized and I'm like what are you, like what you know you know I was what just happened kind of caught to that meme like the only thing that it was missed on the me that probably that girl, the one who was in the first place, like laying down on the yeah. beach, was feeling like constantly unconscious about herself, like self-conscious about herself. Like she was yeah, totally right. all these things, <laughs> yeah, all these insecurities. So, you know. Yeah, yeah that's so funny. Um, okay, what was one of the other questions that I got? Um, Remember, pick the funniest one, the spices, the controversy. Oh, the controversy. Oh, okay. I've definitely got one that's controversial. Um, okay. So um, this one is about showing like stretch marks or imperfections and calling that brave. Um, so my personal opinion on that is I don't see that as brave. I think a lot of these like, you know, words get thrown around willy nilly and that kind of dilutes the actual value. I think that's self-acceptance. Now, unfortunately, yeah. not a lot of people accept themselves. And unfortunately, you know, most people have hangups and insecurities and things like that. And, and that sucks. But I, I also think that calling people brave for doing that is, is dangerous because it lowers the standard for people. It lowers the bar for what it means to be like, you know, uh, a capable and, and competent human being, Right where it's like, hey, th this should be the standard. That's not something to like, that's not setting the bar unrealistic. Like we need to be teaching people like, yeah, you should just fucking accept yourself and giving people the resources to do it. And it's obviously not that easy, but at the same time, trying to, trying to take something that's just such a normalized thing and put it on a um, pedestal, I think that really hurts people by lowering the standards. You know, it's like giving people participation trophies, right? Like the oh, number of times yeah. I've seen people like, post something and it's like it's it's a it's a you know they're posting a picture of their roles and then i look in the comments oh my god you're so brave you're so this you're so that da da da, da. and it's like really like I, I get the message and so i'm not hating on the message right accept yourself get it love it totally agree with it but let's stop calling that fucking brave like that's like saying that a guy who's my body weight who squats 300 pounds is strong it's like objectively that is false, right? And so, so <clears throat> I don't know. I just think that by setting the bar lower for people, like we're, I think it's doing people a disservice. You know, it's like, I think when you, when you tell people like, hey, you know what? I think you can do better. Like, I think you can do better. I expect more from you. Just like my friend said to me, right? When he called me out for the whole it, being insecure about my crooked teeth, that sucked. That made me uncomfortable. That was fucking annoying and painful. It hurt my feelings. But he was right, and he set the bar higher for me. 
because I was setting it too low for myself. So I had to step up. Right. And, and I think, I think that calling things like that brave, I don't know. I just think it's a slippery slope, you know, but I, I would, I would love Once to. Once again, we're using words without actually understanding the meaning. Like, yeah, exactly. I, Cora, I agree with you, but it's like expecting, expecting a student to do their homework and give them an A just because they did what they were supposed to do anyway. Or like, I do have exactly, clients exactly. Like the that minimum. they want me to literally congrats it and like make this such a big deal because they track their food. I'm like, excuse me, you're paying me for this. This is what you're supposed to do anyway. Why do you want me like to give you like a brief day for doing the job that you're supposed to do? So it's hard. Yeah, and I mean like just, just to be clear, like because you brought up a really great point that I think highlights the difference there, right? Is is like Yes, them tracking is just kind of doing the base baseline. However, not everyone's going to be starting at the same point. So I'm going to kind of contradict myself by saying this, but you know, like I'll have, I'll have athletes who I'll give them, you know, their nutritional approach and they're like on it hundred percent. And then I have some people who are wildly inconsistent, who basically just aren't even on a diet at all, even though I have them on something. And then there's everyone in between. So everyone has a different starting point. And so for the one person just let's say tracking three days out of the week, or let, let's even just make it easier than that. Just hitting your protein targets every day, right? Just hitting your protein targets or at least like every week I'm seeing your protein targets are getting higher and higher and higher. So you're getting closer to that ideal, right? That's good. That's progress, right? And that's something that I do think should be acknowledged and, and, and celebrated. But at the same time, it shouldn't be played off as, oh my God, you're so amazing. You know, exactly like you're saying. It's like, hey, yeah, this is, this is great. Like your consistency is better. Your adherence is better. And we clearly see an upward trajectory of your, of your behaviors. This is fantastic because what that means is over the next six months, your diet is going to look very good and you're going to see very good results because of that, right? So I think that's, that's a great um, approach and explanation and type of communication to have with your, with your clients. But at the same time, like you said, it's like, Hey, motherfucker, you tracked your calories for one week. That doesn't mean you deserve a refeed or that doesn't mean you deserve a weekend of binge eating. Like you're, you're barely doing the minimum, you know? So even though you're making progress and even though that should be celebrated and we should recognize and acknowledge that, that doesn't mean that you just get to fuck around now. You know, and in the same way, I think it's, it's, it's kind of the same way when it comes to like the whole body image thing and the self-acceptance. It's like, yeah, it's fantastic that you're feeling better about your body. That's great. But now that you're here, this is just a baseline because self-acceptance is, is the baseline. Now it's like, okay, who do you want to be? Like when you think of yourself as like an empowered woman or an empowered man or whatever, what does that look like to you? What does that embody? You know, now we need to start working towards that. Self-acceptance is kind of like the, the baseline. And sometimes people aren't even at the baseline yet and they need to kind of get themselves up there. But I think it's very dangerous to, to start changing the goalpost and lowering expectations and standards for people. Because once you lower them once, you're just going to keep lowering them again and again and again. And it's like, that's why people don't get anywhere. You know, they're like, oh, it's okay. I'll just do it tomorrow. Oh, you know, well, I'm busy now. And they just keep making excuses. And it's like, fuck, man. It's like someone's got to have their best interest in, in mind, right? Well, and you as a coach know what I'm about to say, I'm sure. One thing is knowledge. 
and like acknowledge someone for trying their best, but other things sure calling. And that's what I have to learn in a really hard way to don't do because I, I have like a lot of pride of whatever I do, especially when it becomes someone putting their trust in me for taking care of their nutrition. And unfortunately, when I was starting back coaching, I just wanted to make feel them in a safe place. I want everybody to feel that I was there to motivate them and yes, you're doing so great because you eat a broccoli, like woohoo. Now I learned that most of the people, what they need is this, the knowledge, but they need just the structure and no sugar cutting. Because when you just keep sugar cutting, they just start getting like used to that type of dopamine of I'm doing so well that everything is okay when I'm not actually putting my best. And if you know that you can do better, then why don't do better? Yeah, and I think a lot of that too from from that coaching style comes with uh, is 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 fairly in line with the whole self determination theory, right? So, um, for those of you who don't know what self determination theory is, it's, it's basically this um, theory that describes human motivation, right, between autonomy, competence, and uh, and relatedness. So, you know, one I wrote an article a long time ago. I can't remember even for for what publication, but you talk um, about this in the seminar. The, I remember I wrote it down. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I talked about was like, um, good coaches keep their clients accountable, but great coaches don't, you know, and, and a lot of that is because it's like, you know, what happens when you leave? Are you creating an autonomous athlete, or individual or, or mom or dad or teenager or whatever? Or are you creating someone who's reliant on you? You know, and so when you give someone autonomy, and you hold them to a higher standard says, Hey, I trust you. I trust that you are going to be able to handle this, right? And it's like when, when sometimes when my athletes are like, oh, you know, here's my, here's my tops or here's my last warm up. What do you think I should do for my top set? Like before I used to just tell them, I'd be like, I want you to hit this weight. But now I'm like, what do you think? They're like, well, I don't know. What do you think? I'm like, figure it the fuck out. You're an athlete. You're a high level <laughs> athlete. Like figure it out, you know? Yeah. And then they'll choose it. And I'll be like, good choice, you know, because you need to trust yourself. And, and, um, and you need to prep then also yeah. for the future. Exactly, exactly. And the more that you put trust in yourself and the more that you start doing things and then seeing it turn out well, the more that you're going to have confidence in your ability to make good decisions, right? And, and it's, it's a really tricky balance. But like I've seen athletes who have come to me and I swear to God, like for the first 10 months, just a fucking shit show. Anytime we'd be looking at, we'd be making some progress with their nutrition. They'd have another relapse and just completely go back. And it's just like, oh my God. And sometimes it feels like I'm beating my head against the wall. But then one day they just have a breakthrough. And then all of a sudden they're more consistent. It's still not perfect, but it's consistent. And then we keep building and building. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, all this 10 months of failure after failure after failure and conversation after conversation has finally led to this point where now they're really getting it, you know? And um, I don't know where I'm going with this anymore because I kind of <laughs> lost my train of thought. So <laughs> you're, right. you're, you're going to have to take over. Oh, autonomy. Yeah, autonomy. Um, I, I think it's really important to build autonomy, right? And, and it's important to like, you know, have the coach and have the relationships and like be able to put your faith in someone else for a little bit. But then the coach also has to be doing their job and not making them reliant on them and being like, Hey, you well, know, it's your duty to push them to their next level. If you yeah, exactly, exactly. they wouldn't have go to you from the first place. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah I think those are the main controversial yeah. ones that I have. I've got another one that's asking about like guys who, who give unsolicited advice. And this is fucking common as hell. Guys do this shit all the time. And it's so, so inappropriate. I see it all the time. Not, not at my gym, well, but at I commercial gyms. I see it all the time. Face, so I don't, people doesn't approach to me. Yeah. I've got a resting dick face. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, well, what, what do you think? Okay. Questions? But now as a coach, not a male, I want to know one thing. If mm -hmm. you go to a gym and you see someone using, like say, a deadly start for revenge, is a female or male, and they're literally throwing and they're using the wrong bar, would you say something or would you just keep going and minding your business? No. So, so I, I actually will sometimes offer advice. Um, and I, in that instance in particular, yeah, I would go over. However, I think there is an appropriate way to do it and an inappropriate way. So when I used to be a coach, um, like when I used to coach athletes in person, uh, one of the things that I would do is you have to prospect at the gym to get clients. And one of the ways that I would do that is I would go up to people who I'd see were having like maybe some technical faults and I'd just go up and I would always say this, Hey, how's it going? Um, have you ever had any coaching on this exercise before? Sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no. And then I would be like, would you mind if I offer, would you mind if I gave you a cup, a uh, little bit of advice? Then they'd say yes, or they'd say no. If they said yes, which most of the time they actually say yes. And they're like really happy about it. So I'm like, Hey, look, like you're actually doing this really, really great, but I want you to think about doing this instead. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, I feel the exercise a lot more or whatever, where they can lift more weight. And, and if they say no, then I'm like, all right, cool. See you later. Right. So I think if you approach them and you ask them and you're respectful about it, that's different. Um, but even still, I don't really, I, actually, I don't ever do that, but I don't train at commercial gyms, right? Um, I train at a private club where everyone's a, pretty much everyone's a competitive athlete. Like pretty much everyone there, like, let's put it this way. If you, if you squat 600 pounds, bench, squat over six, bench over four and deadlift over seven, you're an average lifter there. I love it. Uh, that's yeah. the type of competitive that lifts for me. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, so you don't really like coaching happens more on like a friend to friend thing, as opposed to like just a random person. Um, I don't, I don't really do that anymore. If, even if I wasn't a public gym, um, unless I saw something where I was like, Oh, this person like could maybe hurt themselves, then I would maybe do it, but I'd be hesitant to do it um, outside of that. But I don't think it's wrong. I just think that most guys are fucking dicks and arrogant and like, They'll they'll try to use it as a reason to pick chicks up, and put they do it in a really power weird lifter. way. Daniel, put a female power lifter in a commercial gym benching, and you will get at least three guys that either are going to be looking at it, will be taking pictures of it, or they will literally say, "What are you doing? Like you are going to hurt yourself." And um, yeah. that that is a reality. Like that has happened to me tons of times. That's why I also avoid commercial jeans for that same reason. But this is the difference. If a guy approached me and told me like, hey, can I ask you a question? Or hey, can I give you an advice? I will listen respectfully. I will explain what I do and what I do it. If they have more to do, I will put my headphones on and keep doing my own business and ignore it. Now, if it's a guy that comes to me and tells me immediately that I'm wrong, well, my Latin attitude will take over my body and I'm just going to go all over him. <laughs> yeah. You're going you know? to be possessed by the Venezuelan god of war. Yeah. 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 
So. Oh, totally. So actually, it's funny because one of my athletes just moved and she, the city she's in doesn't have a powerlifting gym. So they have a commercial gym. She's very, very strong. She's a 56, 56 kilo weightlifter. She squats like 360. She deadlifts over 400. Um, very, very strong. And she's got a very good bench too. She's just wait, wait, wait. Are we just talking about 400 kilos or pounds? No, 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 no pounds. Because she's, I'm thinking in, okay, yeah, I, I was thinking in kilos. So like a hundred, a hundred, over 184 kilos. She does, right. At 56 kilos. That's awesome. So she's, she's very, very strong. And, um, she, uh, she's there clearly stronger than everyone else there. Very clearly stronger than everyone else there by a mile. And she, she'll tell me like guys are pissing her off because they're coming up to her and being like, Oh, you shouldn't lift so heavy. You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, you shouldn't do this. Oh, you shouldn't be arching your back. It's bad for your back. And it's like, that's one thing that kind of pisses me off because it's like, if I looked at someone and they were outlifting other guys, I'd be like, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to shut the fuck up because she probably knows what she's doing, you know, like, and her form is like on point too. It's really good. So when she's lifting, it's very, very clean. And, and yeah, she's told me she's only been there for like, I think a month now. And she's had, I don't know how many guys approach her on different occasions. And, and that is something that I find kind of annoying because my sister's even told me situ like things like that, where she's like, yeah, guys will just come up and they'll be dicks. And they'll be like, Oh, you should do it like this. And she's like, well, I don't really feel comfortable squatting heavier. Cause like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know what I'm doing and da, da, da. And they're like, Oh no, you should just go heavier. Don't be worried. And she's like, no. <laughs> and so like, so now she tra she actually trains at my gym. I got her to come here. So now I lift with her, but yeah, I mean, she tell me stuff like that all the time. And even when I was working at a commercial gym, I would see it all the time. Just dudes giving yeah. unsolicited advice and doing it in such a dickhead way. And it's like, bro, like, what is wrong with you? Like, you think you're going to go up to a girl and be like, you know, oh, by the way, you suck. Uh, <laughs> instead, I know everything. And like, what do you think she's going to say? She's going to be like, oh my God, can you please have sex with me? Like, it, like, I swear to God, that's what guys are like thinking. They're like, maybe if I just diminish this girl and embarrass her, she's going to love me. And let's just like, well, see, those are boys. Those are no men. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, every time that I go to a commercial gym, I have to remember myself that I cannot get mad if he, the clowns are making fun of me because I pick and I pay to get inside the circle. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Kind of like a play to play or pay to play situation. Mm -hmm. um, I really like that you're like sharing your perspective as a male. A lot of this point, I think we hear a lot of what the women think as well in a woman platform but we don't hear what the male thing in a woman and male platform. Does that make sense? Like I wish yeah. the message can be more open up to everybody and not just to different feet of community. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, I, I definitely don't think that I'm speaking for me. Like I'm speaking for myself and there are definitely certain things that I know a lot of other guys think similar, but I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm exclusively just speaking for myself based on my experience and, and I guess like my values and things like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was a pretty cool conversation. So I think this is a good enough place as any to end. Uh, before we jump off though, um, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Gabby Powerplace. Is that it? That's it. That's it. That's where you can find me. You don't have a <laughs> website or anything like that? 
I do have a website, but it's under construction. And that's the best way to reach out to me, honestly, through Instagram. That's okay. why I love it and I hate it. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Uh, so all that stuff is going to be linked up in the show notes then, guys. Definitely go check her out. She puts out a lot of great content. She's super, super strong and puts out a lot of really funny uh, little memes. Lots of great recipes on the regular basis. So, Gabby, thanks so much for jumping on. It was a really awesome Thank conversation. So this is kind of cool. Uh, since this is the first time that I've had more of like an open discussion that wasn't really, I don't know, didn't really have like a specific kind of plan or structure to it. So this is pretty cool. Thanks for the idea. No, thank you so much for having me.